discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places. Wow. Isn't it beautiful? beautiful. What a blessing. Five years ago, on exactly 1st June 2014, we started a church in Accra. And that was after three years of starting the church in Kumase. The church started on 13th November 2011. And after about three years, God prompted us to start another church in Accra. And on 1st June, I remember us at uh, Girls Guide, the number of us there, and we started Love Economy Church, Accra. Wow. Wow. A year later, we, in April 2015, we got this place. That was after various problems that we had. You know, every time Paul said something, Paul said that a great door and effectual is open unto me. But many are the adversaries. Every time you want to make a move, every time you want to move forward, there's always a blockade. There's always, I mean, it's not normal to be allowed to go forward. Every time you want to go forward in any aspect of your life, you should expect troubles. Are you understand what I'm saying? If you are in a war zone, in a war zone, you are supposed to crawl on the, on the ground. Um, there's this new movie around. I've forgotten the title. You know, some soldiers, Americans, it was about the Second World War. American soldiers were being dropped in Germany, okay, to go and fight, to prepare for the D-Day. The D-Day was the day when um, the Allied forces, which consisted of England, France, America, Canada, and all the other forces, okay, what they, they, they had a day that they were, they were going to land at the shores of Normandy, okay, move from the shores of Normandy into uh, uh, Germany so they can advance and then go and take Hitler out of the, 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 his bunker. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for that to happen, you know, this particular movie makes us understand that for that to happen, there was this radio, radio wave that Hitler had set up in a particular church in France that was distracting every radio communication. So if you are fighting, you can't, the generals cannot communicate that this is what's going on, this is what's happening, this is what's so send. You can't communicate so that you can destroy everybody. Do you understand? So these guys were given a mission to go into Hitler's wild force and go and bomb that particular tower. It was in a, it was in a church. They are set it up in a church. 
Yeah, so they had to go, they had to enter the church building, go and go and bomb that tower so that that particular wave distracting thing can, can vanish for them to be able to bring their people in on the D Day. Do you understand? And some young men were the ones who were sent on that particular mission. Now, before they could even land, they were, they were supposed to, they were put in a plane, you know, taken to that particular place so that they can drop off out of the plane with parachutes and then come down. Before they could drop, bullets were flying into the plane. So half of them died in the plane without jumping. There were about 50 people. More than 25 died in the plane without jumping. The plane exploded. The 25 who were coming down, half of them got hanged in the air. The parachute just... I mean, because you are, you are coming down into an area where you don't even... Guns were just flying, bombs, everything flying. It's not a joke. Hallelujah. You see, a lot of Christians forget the fact that we are in a war zone. <laughs> a lot of Christians forget that we are in a, we are in a, you are in a serious war zone. There's a force that does not want you to progress in life. Whether you know, I always say, those, it's only children who think that there's no resistance in the world. It's only children who think like, it's only children who think that everything is, you know, smooth, everything is normal. It's not a joke. It's not normal. That is why we pray. That is why we fast. That is why we, we, we don't joke with the word of God. You joke with the word of God, you are joking with your life. You may not know it, but that is, what, that is exactly what is happening. Hallelujah. A great door and effectual is open unto me. And there are many adversaries. Many adversaries. There are always many adversaries. I remember before we moved. Before we got this place. We gave money to one lady who told us that she had a property at Atomic Junction. Lied to us. This church, she lied to us. We paid the money. She's a Christian. She, we paid the money. And we were there. Not knowing the building was not for her. Oh, how many of you were there during those times? And we were thrown into the skies. Sometimes you can be moving and then the venue for the church is changing on WhatsApp. As you are moving, the venue is changing. Okay, we are meeting at Africa. What's the name of the place? Africana Guest House. Then it will change. You are meeting at Dr. Crawford's place. And then it will change where? I do college. Then it can change. As you are moving, you can move from your house. As you are moving from your house, the venue is changing. Hey, what a shock. Sunday morning. Around six or seven, the venue. Hey, people will be there, live and colored. Until God gave us this place. Yeah, and we came in here, started church. It didn't look like this. It wasn't looking like this when we came. It wasn't looking like this when we came. There were no air conditions here. There were no curtains here. There were no windows here. We created the windows actually. There were no uh, 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 what let. The, no carpet, the light was, had not come. We had to do a lot of things, put a lot of things in place to make it nice. There were no instruments, there was nothing. There were no PA systems, nothing. We were just here. Yeah. But out of this church sitting here that you're sitting in right now has proceeded five other churches in the last four years. I remember... I remember when all of us were here. Pastor Mark was here. Pastor Kofi was here. Pastor Salu was here. Pastor Jennifer was here. Everybody was here. Everybody was here. We're all here. And we said, you go and go and start a church at Kaswa. You go and go and start a church at Kanishi. You go and go and start. Almost at the same time. Go here. And this is just after like a year of moving here. 
said, move, go here, go here, go here. If you don't start what God wants you to start, you will never see progress. Nothing big starts big. Every big thing starts small. You must learn. You see, the, the life of the church should help you learn how your life can be. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will build my church. I will build my church. Now, the church you and I know is not the building we are sitting in. The moment we get out of this place, it is no more a church. It's going to be converted into something else. Yeah, it's no more. It's a church because we are here. Why? Because we are the church. Say, I am the church. I am the church. So, actually, what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, is your life. He's talking about building your life. He says, I will build your life, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I say unto that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So the gates, he admits that they, they are the gates of hell. The adversaries. But the adversaries will not prevail against you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Say the adversaries will not prevail against me. I will always prevail. Say it again, I will always prevail. The church is designed for advancement. It's designed to advance. Your life is designed to advance. I want to show you how to advance in life. That's my, that's my subject today. Advancing in life. How to advance in life. Do you like my message? Because a church, we together as a church, we together as a body of Christ, we together as Love Economy Church, are moving to, we are moving forward. Look at how it has been. I mean, progress over the years. Progress. Every year something is added. Every year there's a change. Today we are on the threshold of moving into a place that is for us. Our own place. Can you imagine? And you and I know the troubles that we faced to be able to move. Hey! How many of you know the story? When we set out to get a place in Accra, we set out to get a place in Accra in 2017. Around October 2017. That was when we decided that let's do something. We knew that we, knew, we need to do something in Accra because we had done something in Kumase. We have to do something else so that the churches in Accra can have a place where they can call their own. So that if I come and I call all my children, everybody come, we cannot be in one place. Because we are more than this. We are not, this is not everybody in Accra. There are so many other people in other places having services in other places. So we started. A great door and effectually is open unto me. But many say many. Many are the adversaries. Many are the adversaries. You must fight. If you don't have the spirit of a fighter, you will not succeed in life. That's the truth. If you have, you see, Ghanaians are not naturally slow. We are naturally we are naturally phlegmatic. Naturally. I'm just coming from Lagos and everything is fast paced. Fast. Everything is fast paced. The motorbikers are fast. They are gone. Everything in Ghana is slow. It's very nice. It's nicer in Ghana, actually. <laughs> hey, it's not a joke in Lagos. Where are my fellow Lagosians? My fellow Lagosians. You know what I'm talking about, isn't it? It's not true. It's true. Everything is fast. Okada is moving. Keke is moving. This one is moving. It's not a joke. You are not allowed to cross the road. Why? If you, can, if you, you have to jump over the cars to cross the road. It's not a small thing. One of the drivers we, we, we drove with said that the cars were so close together, like close, like almost scratching each other. And my, my wife was like, hey, 
Then the driver said, Madam, now James Bond driving with the do for a year. James Bond driving. Hey! Hey! Is that a joke? Uh, one, of the, one of our drivers went into the other road. I was wondering what he was doing. He was swerving up. He went into the other road and then came back this way. And another car was trying to also, from the other side, was trying to do a U turn. And he was almost hitting it. They were, oh, they were trying. I don't know how they got the understanding. One stop for the other to pass. Hey. So we down here, we are, we are slow. We are very cool, calm, and collected. But Charlie, that doesn't work spiritually. You have to take off your wig sometimes. Take off your touche and put it down. And say, until my situation changes, I'm not wearing the wig. <laughs> yeah. We set up to do something. Come and see. The first person we met. Oh, I'll give you the land. everything. We used two months to pay 300,000 cities into that man's account. The land was there. We set out to build. We've n- I've never fought over a land before. As ma- over a land as much as I did with this particular land. And me too, I will not give up. That's how, me too, that's my mindset. No, if I'm going, I'm going. What do you th- Is it a good thing? Because I see it in the Bible. Let's advance. Let's move forward. Let's fight. So come and see me. Fighting. Giddy, giddy, giddy. There was a day there were langa, about 30 langas, 15 for us, 15 for the opposite people. Everybody was giddy, 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 giddy. It's noisy. Pastor came on. Your pastor was arrested at the point. Yeah. And jailed overnight. He was remanded overnight with Pastor, pastor Anthony. I was picked up. The very first day, I was, I was surprised. There were nine policemen with nine AK 47s coming to pick me up to National Police Headquarters. I said, let's go. Convoy. Whole convoy. Two cars. Yeah. All because we want to build God a church. Adversaries. All because we want to build God a church. So, don't think that the devil will allow you to just get a job just like that. No. No, 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 no. Don't think the devil will just let you. Because he knows that if you get a job, you give your fight. And when you give your fight, the church will go on. He doesn't want that. He knows that if you have a job that is paying 10,000 Ghana cities, you give the church 1,000 Ghana cities. You sow seeds. You do all kinds of things for God. He doesn't want that. So he'll give you a job that pays 300 Ghana cities. And keep you on that level forever. If you are not wild. If you are, so I want to show you how to be wild. How to advance. What do you think? You must advance. Your level must change. Your situation must change. Something must happen. And God has showed us things in the Bible that can help us advance. We must advance. We have to. Just as the church, local, the church together is moving forward, your life must also move forward. You must not stay on the level you are on. You see, when you are on a certain level for more than two years, there's a problem. There's a problem. If you've left school two years and you don't have a job, you should know that there's a problem. You should not be comfortable. You should want to have a change. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 3. There are several things I want us to do today. Okay? Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 3. This is God talking. Let's read from verse 1 so that we even understand it some more. Okay? Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea as the Lord spake unto me. This is Moses talking. 
And we compassed Mount Seir many days. We are around Mount Seir. There was a place called Mount Seir. Okay, Mount Seir is, is ancient. It's an ancient city. If you've watched some of these movies, some of these uh, Lord of the Rings and all that, they have Mount Seir in there. Mount Seir is an old city. It's an ancient city. You know? He says, we went around Mount Seir many days. They were just going around the mountain. Around. They would move from here, come, and then get there, and then go again. Like that. Moving round in circles. Sometimes your life can be like that. Yeah. Your life is just moving round. A church's life can be like that. It's just moving round. Round. It's like, oh, we are growing. Then we'll come back to that. Then we are growing. We'll come back like that. We are growing. Then we'll... hey, have you seen some before? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, the boy is coming. The beloved is coming. Then you just, some silly will happen. Then your heart is broken. Then you go back to the same place you were, where you were before. You were crying a year ago or two years ago. Now you are crying again. Then you move around again. Another guy will come. It's like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Hey, pop. Then you, the person will leave again. Back to ground zero. Yeah. It's like you are getting the job. The job is coming. It's like, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You have gone for an interview. Hey, hey, hey. Pop. Ground zero. God does not enjoy it when his children are not moving. God does not like stagnation. Stagnation is not from God. God hates stagnation. Say God hates stagnation. Look at the next verse. Then he says, God told him that you have compassed this mountain long enough. You have compassed this mountain long enough. God doesn't like the fact that you are just moving in circles. Say, I refuse to move in circles. I will not move in circles. I will move forward. I will move forward. Yeah, you have to. You have to. The adversaries, but we are more powerful than the adversaries. The Bible says in First John chapter four, verse four, says, "Yeah, ye." are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Ye have overcome them. Ye are of God. You originate from God. And therefore you have overcome. Because you come from God, you have overcome all the enemies that are around. Have you seen it? Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater one lives on the inside. The greater one lives on the inside. The one who created the heavens and the earth. The one who does not like stagnation is living inside you. Therefore, your life will not stagnate in Jesus' name. Your life will keep going higher and higher. Say, my life will keep going higher and higher. A great door and effectually is open unto me. But many, many, sometimes you can, be, you can be employed. But you realize there's no promotion. You've gone for two years, three years, four years, five years. People go for ten years without promotion. Meanwhile, everything around you is changing. The taxes are changing. Everything is increasing. Everything is advancing. Apart from your pay. Apart from your promotion. Everything is advancing apart from yours. You have to be wild though. You have to be wild. God says you have to be wild. Since you've compassed about this, it's coming from God. You have moved around this particular mountain for too long. You have stayed on this level for too long. God says tired. You have compassed this mountain long enough. You have to move forward. He's not happy about your stagnation. At all. At all. At all. Look at Isaiah 30 verse 21. 
Message says, you've been around, you've been going around in circles in these hills long enough. Go north. North is upwards. Upwards. Forwards and upwards. Go north. Start moving upwards. Start moving forwards. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21. Isaiah 30 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way. He's talking about God. How that God inside you is going to be telling you he says, a voice to say behind you. This is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the right There's a voice, there's a voice of God working in you. That is there to instruct you to move forward. And that voice that is working in you is the voice that is working in me now, making me say to you that, listen, you've come past about this mountain far too long. I don't want to be a pastor over people who, who are not working. No, I'm tired of it. What do you think? I'm tired. I'm tired of it. Yeah. I'm tired of pastoring people who may, may have hundreds of this being a problem for them. When are you going to build a mansion? When are you going to give God a house? When are you going to build a, a church for God? If hundred Ghana cities is a problem for you to give, there's a voice working in you. He says, Charlie, move. Tell neighbor, move. It's time to move. It's time to move. Hallelujah. You know, but before, before I even go on with the message, I want, to, I want us to do something very important. God has been gracious to us. Haven't you noticed God has been gracious to us? God has been too good to us. Even in the midst of all these things, God has granted us life. I remember one day I was traveling, coming to Accra because of these land problems. Just coming, driving like that. I almost had three, three different occasions I almost died on the road. Yeah, very interesting Maneuvers of cars on the road. I was driving on my section of the road. A big car just moved from his side and faced me. Yeah. Instead of stopping for me to come, you know, there was a car spot at his side. And he was coming down a hill. Yes. And he was on top of the hill when I got close to the car, but he didn't stop. And came down the hill. So I had to enter the bush so that he can come and pass. And I, what I'm talking about happened in like a period of 30 seconds. Yeah. Pa, 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 pa. And I have to come back on the road. Hey! Everybody around was like wondering what was going on. Very different place. A, a small one of these, uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, Pragya. There was a Pragya. You know Pragya. How, they call it Pragya in Kumasi. I don't know how they call it here in Aboboya. Yeah, Aboboya. You know Aboboya. And Aboboya was moving in front of me. On the highway, Akira Kumasi Highway, around Konongweya, it was moving in front of me. And instead of shifting for me to pass, he was not shifting. So I tried to move around him. When I tried moving around him, he came back into the road. And another car was coming. It was not a joke. On one drive, three different occasions, I almost had an accident and died. But God has been gracious. Every one of them, God delivered me and moved me aright. Made me make the right decision in a split second for me to move forward. And be alive. God has been gracious. One day our mothers in church. Our mothers here. Mama Fosti, Mama Lou, Mama Julie. I know I'm seeing them here now. They just called me and said, Pastor, come. There's a land. There's another land here that we can buy. Come and let's go. I think we should give them another applause. There's another land somewhere. Say another land. Let's leave this one and just come here and come and build this. Come and build here. Yeah. 
And I said, mommy, let's go. It was, a, we're having a, it was a passage refresher course in January. Just in January. And then he said, let's go and go and see it. So we were, I went with them. They showed me, this is the land, this one. We can build here. I said, okay, let's see how things will go with this one. If by March we don't see anything, we'll come and come and buy this one. I said, no problem. By March, we're still not seeing anything. So we said, let's buy this. Then we spoke to God, prayed, God, bring money. We spoke to you. Let God use you. By the ending of March, we did our six-way conference. And God gave us money to be able to pay. After all that we have paid, the problems have not explained everything. I've just crashed the surface. There was more. I've just spoken about the arrest site. But there were wilder things that happened. Wilder. All because we want to build God a church. Yeah, because the war zone, when you lift your head like this in the war zone, bullets are just flying all over the place. And you just you can just lose your life. Yeah, because you decided to stand up. That's what happens. When you decide to stand up, adversaries, bullets, they'll just be that's how it is. If you if you've noticed, there are ministers of God that have spoken negative things they have not done. Things people they have not met. Who say they have done this to them, they have done that, they gave spend this money, they slept with them, and did they, you know, nothing like that has happened. When, when those pressures start coming, you should know that the person is going to go to the next level. Yeah, that's how it is. Because he's trying to move to the next level. So, some pressure must come. Have you seen some before? Yeah. Have you heard some before? Yeah. yeah. You hear things like this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. And the person will take in all the pressure and move to the next level. If you are not ready for pressure, you are not ready for the next level. You are not ready to advance. Yeah. You are not ready to advance. So God has been gracious. Within a period of two and a half to three months, God has managed to grant us grace, grant us ability, grant us wisdom to be able to build. I know you know because you've been there pushing. I saw you pushing things. You've been able to build. It's more advanced than this now. It's more advanced than this. This one, they had in plaster, they hadn't done a lot of things. It has gone forward. To the extent that you can stay inside. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we are moving inside that particular building. Yeah. Next Sunday, we are not going to be meeting here. We are meeting in that new building. Yeah. We've built something that can seat about 350 people, 300 to 350 people. With washrooms and a place that we'll use temporarily for an office. And the bigger one is just by it. So as we are meeting there, we are just looking at the bigger We are going to start the bigger one next month. Of course, you know we've done the, we've done some of the groundwork already. So we'll just, we are finishing it at the, at the end of the year. Do you believe we can do such things? Yeah. Because God is helping us. The Bible says that God helped them mightily. God is helping us mightily. Hallelujah. So I think we should be grateful to God for all that he has done. God has done too much. He has done too much. What do you think? He has done too much. Bringing us here. All the churches he has started out of this place. Bringing people to this place. Because when we come, we're like, would the people come to this place? Because we look so far from the people we're looking at bringing to church. But it has happened. It has worked. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to be grateful. Thanksgiving is so important. 
Without thanksgiving, you cannot move to the next level. Look at Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 19. Let's read from verse 18. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 18. That said the Lord, Behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents, and have mercy on his dwelling places, and the city shall be builded upon her own heap, and the palace shall remain after the manner thereof. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of, of them that make merry will multiply them. And they shall not be few. I will also glorify them. And they shall not be small. Out of you and I will proceed thanksgiving. Are you ready to thank God? Are you ready to thank God? Paul and Silas in the day of their darkest hour. Bible says they prayed and they sang praises unto God. And God delivered them. The, the whole prison shook. And their bands, what was binding them, what was preventing them from going forward, broke off their feet and off their hands. That was the means of them coming out. It says, out of them shall proceed thanksgivings. And the voice of many that make merry. And I will multiply them. This is the way to be multiplied in your life. This is a way to be, to be advanced in your life. I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them. He will glorify you as you glorify his name. And they shall not be small. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, it is time to thank God for all that he has done. Where do we even start from? Look at how good the Lord has been. Ask your neighbors, the Lord been good to you. As a church, the, the, the Lord has been too good to us. He has been too good to us. Too good. Too good. It's not a joke. To do what we have done in two months, it's not a joke. Psalm 119 verse what? Verse 164. Let's look at it. Psalm 119 verse 164 in the message version. Seven times each day, I stop and shout praises for the way you keep everything running right. Seven times each day, I stop and shout praises for the way you keep everything running right. It's God. It's God who keeps things running right. It's God who has made it possible. It's God. It's God. God has been gracious. God has been kind. Look at us. Look at our young faces. For God to use us to do something like that. It's God. It's not our money. It's not our money. You, you just, just, just remember how much you've given so far. Just try and remember. Put your mind out. Just remember. You realize it's actually not my money. It's God's money. You know when God, God commissions a project, he has the resources for it. And he provides the resources for it. Strange resources. So far, we've put more than 200,000 in the, in the ground since we started working. Am I lying? You are in charge of the project. You know what I'm talking about. Almost 300,000 Ghana cities. Since that, you see those, that small thing, like it's nothing. Try. It's not a joke. Yeah. With what has been done on the other side, every week God supplies money. They'll say, we need this. God will supply. Sometimes the, when the bill comes, it's like, hey, how, how are we going to supply? Before I realize the money has come for it. They'll send a bill. You should check my phone. Every time. This one, we need this one. And I'll say, oh, God will pay. God will pay for it. It's his project. You will pay for it. Me, I always sleep. I sleep very well. I don't think much. I'll just sleep. God will pay for it. 
And before long, God has brought the money. It has been God from day one. And if we thank him and praise his name for what he has done, he will do more. The Bible says that David danced before the Lord, not minding what was happening around. Sometimes when we say, let's praise God. It's because of your praises, that's why you're on the level you are on. Because one of the keys is to praise God. Yeah, one of the keys is to praise God. Yeah, if you don't learn to jump and shout and sweat, if you don't know heat and sweat in praising God, you will know heat and sweat in your life, in every aspect of your life. You have to sweat for everything, you have to undergo heat for everything. Yeah, David jumped and danced, you see, and be careful not to criticize if you won't do it. Be careful not to criticize the one who's doing it. Let me tell you something. Because when David, when David was, was praising before God, eh, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. He danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was gathered with the lightning efforts. He, he danced with all of his might to the extent that the, the dress that he was wearing came off. Everything that he was wearing came off. And he didn't care. He was the king of Israel because he remembered how God took him from being a shepherd boy at the back of the desert to become the king of Israel. All those who were close to the throne did not become the king. He was far away. Yet God took him from them. But he remembered yeah, how good the Lord had been to him. So he was not afraid. He didn't care. He was going to, I remember me, I know. I know. I was right. I was right on the, on the battle lines right at the front. So I know what God has done. I'm aware, pa, I know. And as he danced like that, and his clothes came off like that, his wife, who was Saul's daughter, Mikal, sat at the back and saw the husband dancing like that. And she said in her heart, this guy is not serious. And then after David had danced like that, she called him and said, listen, and as, as, and as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal saw his daughter look through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing. He was leaping. And dancing before the Lord. Look at it. And she despised him in her heart. Be, if you won't dance, don't insult someone who's dancing. Don't say, why are you stepping on my leg? Why are you using the sweat to scratch me? Don't say that. I beg you. I beg if you say that. I beg you, because your life may be in danger. According to the scriptures. Look at it. She despised him in her heart. Next verse. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in this place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched before it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Next verse, verse 18. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Next verse. And he dealt among the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to women as men, to everyone a cake of bread. He gave everybody, it was a chilling time. He gave everybody cake and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Happy, everybody was happy. Then David returned to bless his household. When he went to bless his own house, his wife, Michal, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today? How glorious. Hey! King, how glorious was the king of Israel today? Who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the girls? Yeah, he uncovered himself in the eyes of the girls of his servants. 
as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself you are putting me to shame you are just removing your dress just only left with your box and shorts in the church and david said unto Michal, it was before the lord who which chose me before your father this is clear marital marital problems david had marital problems with Michal, his wife clear marital problems it was before the lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the lord over israel therefore will i play i will play before the whether you like it or not whether you say i am sweating too much or not i will play before the lord next verse verse 22 and i will yet be more vile you say you say i'm being naked i remove even the boxer shorts hey what a shock and i will i will be based i will be based in my own sight out i will let myself look like nothing before my own sight because it is before the lord who has done all these things for me who has been gracious to me who has chosen me and who has brought me from the back to this point and of the main servants which thou hast spoken of of them shall i be had in honor i will be had in honor of those who say that uh, they are seamen i'll be they will respect me even more next verse verse 23 therefore Michal, the doctor of saul had no child she had no child because of this she had no child unto the day of her death there's a place where he says god closed god closed there's another i think the one in that one is in first chronicles god closed her you see the womb is the place of fruitfulness god if you if you if you if you are not going to dance don't complain because we are talking about advancing in life and you are going to make the first mistake of insulting someone who is praising God. First Chronicles 15. It's in the Bible. God closed a womb. I don't want your spiritual womb to be closed. No. You didn't come to church for that. Your womb must be open. Yeah. The, the Bible says that God closed a womb. Eh? She had no child until the day of her death. Because God had closed her womb yeah say my womb will never be closed because i will learn to praise the lord hallelujah hallelujah what a blessing so advancing in life isn't it advancing in life know that we are born for a life of advancement you remember i quoted a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 4, where it says that, ye of God, little children, and have overcome them. It's, it's in the past tense that we overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's, that's our life. If you read in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, he says, the path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. The path of the just. You and I are the just. If you read in Romans chapter 5, he makes us know. Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Look at Romans 5, 9. Romans 5, 9. Much more than being now justified by his blood. We have been justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. We are the just of the Lord. Go to verse 1. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, being justified by faith. Have you seen it? Yeah. So what he's saying in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, is about you and I. He says the path of the just. The path of the justified. Are you justified? Yeah. 
Because of the blood of Christ, you are justified. You and I are justified. You have been justified freely through his blood. Then it says, being therefore made, being justified freely by faith. We have been justified freely by faith. Because we believe in the Lord, we are now the just. To be justified means to be declared not guilty. To be declared righteous. God has declared us not guilty. He's declared us righteous. And because we are like that, because we have been born as a justified sons of God. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it lets you know. Look at 1 Corinthians 6. It says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Then it says, And such were some of you. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. But ye are justified yeah. in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Yeah. So you are washed. See, I'm washed. I'm washed. You are sanctified. See, I'm sanctified. I'm sanctified. See, I'm justified. I'm justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. We are justified. Declared not guilty. And he's showing you the path of the ones who are declared not guilty. He's showing the path of the ones who are declared righteous. The path of the just is as the shining light. It's as a shining light. Your path is a path of a shining light. And that path shines more and more. It shines greater and greater from one level to the other, from one place to the other, from one intensity to the other, higher and higher. Say, my life is higher and higher. So we are born for that. It is our redemptive heritage. It is our heritage. So the first thing you need to know is to know that you have a heritage of Continuous advancement. You have a heritage of what? Continuous advancement. Why? Because you are the just. And the just has a path that shines brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Know that you have a what? A heritage of what? Continuous advancement. A heritage of continuous advancement. Continuous advancement. My path is as a path of the just, and it shines more and more unto the perfect day. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world. Look at the next verse. Look at it. says, You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world, and you are a city that is set on a hill. Your life is born for the upward life only. You are born to be on top. You are not born to be under. John the, the divine said that he that is from above is above all. And we are born again. To be born again means to be born from above. And because you are born from above, you are above all. Say I'm above all. Say that again, I'm above all. We are born to be set on high. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, which cannot be hidden. It says, no man lights a, a, a light and puts it under a bushel, or puts it under the table. He says, no, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that, and he given light unto all that are in the house. That is our life. Our life is for the top. It is our, it is our heritage to go higher and higher. So stagnation is not from God at all. You should not be stagnant. You should not be stagnant. But you'll be stagnant if you don't know that you have a heritage of not being stagnant. The Bible says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Look at it. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. 
and you shall be no more priest to me. Seeing you have forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget your children. Why? Because you don't know my word. If you don't know, you are in trouble. Proverbs 13, 13, isn't it? Ignore the word and suffer. Keep the word and grow rich. That's what the, the message says. Ignore the word and suffer. Hmm? Ignore the word and suffer. Honor God's commands and grow rich. So if you don't know that you have a heri- that kind of heritage is one of the inheritance we have in the Lord. To not stagnate. In Acts chapter 20, 32. Look at Acts 20, 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. The word is what builds you up. It says, and gives you an inheritance in them, among all them which are sanctified. There's an inheritance in Christ. And it comes through the knowledge of God's word. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the fact that you have not been born for the downward life. You have been born for the upward life. You have been born for a life of success. You are the light. Say, I'm the light. I'm the light. So, because you are the light, you define. You see, this light is deep. If we put all the lights off and the place is dark, you will not be able to differentiate between who is fair and who is not. We all look dark. You can't tell where the person's hair is. Before I realize, I've taken someone's to share off. I mean, I mean, it can just happen. Because there's no light. Light defines. Light is what brings development. That is your life. Your life is supposed to define everything around you. Your life, you have a life that is developmentally oriented. Forward oriented. That is your inheritance. So if, if that is your inheritance, if you know that that is your inheritance and you are not seeing that around you, then you can insist. You understand? The last time I preached here, I preached on biastis. Insisting for change. Being wild for change. And this is one of the things. If you, if you don't know that this is it, this is what I'm supposed to be. If you don't know your ultimate, you will not know if you are getting close to your ultimate or not. If you know that your ultimate is to be in America and you are moving somewhere in Inkarie, you know Inkarie. You don't even know Inkarie. You are in Inkarie and you are, you are not bothered. You are now you are farming in Inkarie. And you are you have taken a beloved in Inkarie. You have married her. You are giving birth. You are doing you are building in Inkarie. Meanwhile, that is not where you have been designed for. You have been designed for DC, Washington, DC. And you are sitting in Inkarie, languishing in Inkarie. Why will you be there? If you don't know, you don't know. And if you don't know, your level will never change. That's why it says, for the lack of knowledge, my people perish. My people perish because they don't know. They know not. Neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. I have said that ye are gods and that ye are the children of the most high. But you shall die like men and like one of the princes of this world. Why? Because they know not. Neither do they understand. So your knowledge of what God has said concerning you matters. It is the first level for your advancement in life. Wow. If you don't know that you have an inheritance from God to advance, you can never insist on advancement because you don't know. So know that you have a heritage. And that's what I'm telling you now. You have an inheritance from God to move forward, to go forward, to advance every time, every year. That's why, you see, in this church, I always have a target for the number of leaders you should have by the end of the year, for the number of pastors you should have at a particular time, for the number of churches you should have at a particular time, because we must develop, we must go forward. And I, I know that I have been destined for upward movement, so I don't have plans of going down. I make plans of going up. Do you understand? 
So in your own life, you should also be planning. By this time, I should be doing this. By this time, I should be doing that. By this time, this should be happening in my life. Because it is scriptural. It is scriptural. You have compassed about this mountain for too long. It's time to go northward. It's time to go forward. It says, arise, arise. Come begin to contend. Let me show it to you. Kola hasatai. Deuteronomy chapter 2, once again. You remember we're reading it? We read verse 3, isn't it? You have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. Isn't it? Now, go to verse 24. Rise ye up. Take your journey. He's telling them, you've stayed here for too long. Rise ye up, take your journey. Pass over the river Anon. Behold, I have given into thine hand Sihon the Amorite. I have given him into your hand. Arise, rise ye up, take up your journey and pass over the river Anon. Behold, I have given into thine hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. I have given him to you. Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. He says, I've given it to you. But now rise and begin to contend with him and begin to possess it. Contend with him in battle. Like I said, there's a great door open, but there are many adversaries. Listen, I'm, I, you see, I'm your pastor. I don't want you to stay on the level you are on. I don't want you to stay on the level. That's why I'm talking to you like this. I'm your, I want you to do well. I want you to be able to marry. I'm telling you, we don't just marry. You don't, if you're a lady, we don't, we don't just receive proposals. No. No. You may receive a proposal. You may marry, but you realize that you are not happy in your marriage. You should ask how many people are not happy in their marriages. But whether you are happy or not, you are married. It's finished. It's finished. Yeah. If you are not wild, you'll be surprised at where the devil will keep you. The level upon which he will keep you. Every time we hear Esau's life and how he sold his birthright for a morsel of meat, we all become worried for him. And we all become sad for him. But the question is, how many of us are selling our birthright right now. The birthright is the ultimate for a man. And you can easily sell it off. Arise. Tell him about rise. Take your journey. Pass over the river. I've given you the king. Begin to possess the land. Begin to contend with him in battle. And the first thing you arm yourself with in battle is that you must know that he has given you. That's why he says, listen, I have given you his land. I have given you his land. If you don't know that he has given it to you, you can't possess. This is what he has done for you. Therefore, you can insist on your right. This is your right. You see the way when, you, when the policeman stops you and is asking you for money, for nothing, you can insist on your right. You see my wife insisting on her right on the road. No, no, what are you talking about? No, I'm not going to give it. No. No, pastor, step on that bread, the thing and let's go. Let's move. Why should I give you the money? For what? What have you done? No, you can be asking, like, oh, Charlie, can you sort me out? Then we'll sort you about uh, what is happening. Where, where's your, where? Give me some money. Which we, uh, is it by force? Is it by force? Ask anybody, is it by force? I have a right to drive on the road without having to pay a policeman for standing on the road because he's paid. Yeah, so I have to move. <laughs> if you don't know your rights, you'll be cheated in life. You'll be cheated in life. Look at the next verse. This day will I begin to put the dread of you and the fear of you upon the nations. This day will I begin to put the fear of you upon the nations. 
that are under the whole heaven, who shall hear report of thee and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. That is your heritage. Say, that is my heritage. heritage. Since your fear will fall upon them. When they hear of you, they will be in fear. And they will be in anguish. This is what moved Rachel in Jericho to help the spies. She heard of how terrible the nation of Israel was. She decided to protect the spies. And she was the only one who was saved in that particular city. Yeah. Arise and contend. See, I arise. arise. And I contend. Contend through knowledge, number one. Know your inheritance. Know your, that is the point to start from. Okay? Number two. To advancing in what? In life. Number one is to know your inheritance. You, have a, you know that you have a heritage of advancement in life, isn't it? Number two is increase in the revelation of the word. Increase in the revelation of the word. You need to increase in revelation. You see, there are some things you know today that are not good for tomorrow. The manna was guarded for one day. It was not good for the next day. If you kept the the manna till the next day, it became worms. So there's a revelation of God you have now that you are working with, which is not good enough for the next level of your life. That is why Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, look at Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees, uh, look at the next verse. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto the, all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. It says, I always make mention of you in my prayers. Praying for what? Look at the next verse. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that you give me the spirit of... He says, I'm, I keep praying. I do not cease to pray this prayer for you. So never think that the revelation knowledge you have now is good enough. If you are going to move on to the next level of your life, you need a higher revelation of God's word. You need a higher revelation of God's word. You need God to speak to you through his word afresh. The word of God must strike a chord in your spirit. Have you noticed you read the Bible? It doesn't do anything to you. You are on a certain level. You are on, it's a clear sign that you're on, the level you are on is not good enough for the next place you want to go to. That is why you can read this and it doesn't do anything to you. You can read the Bible. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And it doesn't do anything to you. There's a revelation behind it. There's a light behind that particular verse that you're reading that will strike a chord in your life and change your life forever. But you can read it like this and it won't do anything to you. You need the light of the Spirit. You need the light of the Holy Ghost to show you what is behind that scripture. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that there's some, there's some strange thing behind it. No, I'm talking about the Word of God coming afresh to you. The Word of God striking a chord in your spirit. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to say, go and look for, oh, Satan is, is somewhere in there. No, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this same word, striking a chord in your spirit. And it's called Rema. It's called looking for Rema. I preached about it some time ago. Looking for Rema. You read the word of God, looking for Rema. Lights. Yes. The entrance of you. If he enters you to bring you light. We're talking about light coming from the scriptures. To do something to you, to speak to you for the now, for your situation now, and move you forward. That's what we are talking about. Because as long as it is logos to you, do you know logos? Logos is the written word. It's a written word. 
is reading it and seeing it as it is. But behind the logos is something called Rema. Rema is the now word of God for your now situation for a now specific purpose. Same word, but in the now. It brings fresh fire to your spirit. You know, when Jesus was tempted by the devil in Luke chapter 4, and Jesus was replying, you know, the devil, he would reply. When the devil talks, you talk back. He was always saying, it is written. It is written. And whenever he said it was written, the devil also gave him another. He also quoted a scripture. It is also written here. Then he would say, then you also say, it is also written here. But then the last time the temptation came, Jesus gave him a spoken word. He gave him a rema. Jesus didn't say it is written. He said, it is said. It is said. And when he said, it is said, that was the end. Yeah. Luke chapter 4, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto him, it is said. He didn't say it is written. The word it is said there is rema. This is a rema word for me for the now. It is said, thou shalt not tempt thy God. And that was the end of the temptation. So we are talking about a revelation word. The revelation of God's word entering your spirit. That is what will change your level. Listen. Everything. If you are born again, everything for you starts with a word. And ends with a word. If you take the word, this idea of the word. If you take the word out of your life, nothing will work. Nothing will work. And you need fresh revelation. Fresh revelation. One day I'll spring. So many troubles all the time, you know. Because of one thing or the other. And I'll spring just speaking in tongues. Just speaking in tongues. The word of God came through my spirit. I'm confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Fresh. And that was the end of the troubles. It just came to my spirit. And I spoke it forth. I spoke it forth. And I came out a lion. I came out a, a different person altogether. I have known that scripture for a very long time. But it came to me afresh. It came to me in a different way. It came to help me in my situation. Now, if there's no rhema, nothing will change. If you read Ephesians chapter 6, okay? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. We can read 17 into 18. Ephesians 6, 17 and 18. And take the helmet of, the, of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, he says, is the word of God. What word is that? The word, word, word of God there is rhema, not logos. The sword of the spirit that you make war with in the spirit is not the written word, but the spoken word. And take the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema of God. The rhema of God. The sword is your, your means of advancement. And your means of advancement is the word of God. The revelation knowledge of God's word. That is why you should cry. When you read the Bible and it doesn't do anything to you. You should cry. You should know that your end is imminent. You should know that your trouble is coming. Open down my eyes. That I may behold wondrous things in thy word. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 3. If you are reading the word and nothing is happening to you. You should be worried. You should be worried. You should start praying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You should start praying. Open down my eyes. Open down my eyes. What does Jeremiah 3 verse 3 say? Call on me. And I'll answer you. And I'll show you what? Great and mighty things. Which you have not known, isn't it? Call on me and I'll show you. Where does he show you? Great and mighty things. Through his word. He will show you great and mighty things through his word. Through his word. 
So you must, be, you must contend by seeking revelation of God's word. That's why you must open your Bible and pray with your Bible. God, open my eyes. This is Psalm 119 verse 18. Open thy eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy word. The word Lord, there is word. Open thy eyes that I may behold. Hmm. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. 2 Corinthians 3 18. And we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We are changed from glory to glory, even as by the sword of the Lord. We are with open face, with open face. Say with open face. With open face. That is revelation. With open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. What is a glass? The glass is the word of God. James chapter 1, verse 20, 21 and 22 says it. Look at James 1, 21, 22. Go there quickly. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of nothingness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Next verse. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. The word glass is mirror. It says, if the, the one who does not do the word of God, it's like a man who looks at his face, his natural face, in the mirror, and straight away goes away, forgetting what manner of man he was. For he beheld himself and goes his way, and straight away forgetting what manner of man he was. So the word of God is the mirror. He says, if you don't do the word of God, you are like a man who looks at himself in a mirror and forgets what manner of man he was. You don't know that you are fair. You don't know that your nose is pointed. You don't know that your mouth is bigger than the normal. Hallelujah. You don't know what manner of man. You know, sometimes you don't remember how you look like. Have you noticed you don't remember? You don't always remember how you look like. Do you remember? Ask, check if you remember how you look like. Check in your mind. You need to think carefully to remember how you look like. Because you always forget how you look like. He says, if you don't do the word of God, you are like the man who looks at himself in the mirror and forgets what manner of man he is. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 says that we are with open face looking, beholding into the word. Looking into the word, I changed. So the word of God is a means for continuous change. It's a means of continuous progression. It's a means of advancement in life. Do you understand? It's your only, it's the truth. Ignore the word and suffer. It is the truth. It is the truth. I met someone who was telling me about his depression. That he was so depressed, plenty of things. And I told him, if only you were looking into the word, it would never have come to your doorstep at the, at the, at the start. If you ignore the word, you open the door for all kinds of things to happen. If you, if you close the word of God to yourself, you are opening the doors for the devil to come in. Remember, he says that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you don't, this is how to build your life. This is how to make advancement in your life. If you lose focus on that, you open the door for the devil and his cause to prevail against you, the church. Yes, that's what happens. And they will keep you at one place. They will let your life keep going down. You see, I've lived for some time. I'm more than over 30 years. Therefore, I've, I've seen some things in life. I remember seeing some people around when I was growing up who had a certain social status. They had a certain social status. They bought a car. They had this. They had that. They had that. But it wasn't through the word. They didn't know God. They went to boozing, smoking, womanizing, and doing all kinds of things. But they looked like they were prospering. After a while, 20 years later, the same car they had 20 years earlier is the same car they are driving now. The same house we are in is the same house they are in now. Deteriorating. 
the same couch they bought is the same couch they are sitting on, deteriorating. Everything is just going down, gone down. And you, you don't see them anymore. You don't see them anymore. There are some Christians who are like that too. Because we're not focusing on the word of God, their life has stagnated. And gone down even. I don't want my life to go down. I don't want your life to go down. That's what I'm telling you. Seek revelation of God's word. Seek the rema of God for your life. You want to advance in life? Seek rema. Seek rema. Let God talk to you through everything. Let God talk to you, to you through the cry of a baby. Be so alert. That is why, you see, for you to be on the altar of continuous revelation in your life, you need to be in a place where you are constantly in the spirit. Because God can talk to you at any time. That is why I told you some time ago that it is costly, highly costly to not walk in the spirit. I spoke about the cost of not being spiritual. Do you remember? If you are not going to be spiritual, you, you should know that you will not hear from God. Because God can talk to you anywhere. He can talk to you in the bathroom. He can talk to you in the toilet. He can talk to you through a billboard. Oh yes. He can talk to you through a car number plate. He can talk to you through a madman. He can talk to you through everything. So if you are not alert every time, that is why you must, because you don't know when you are going to, he's going to speak to you. You don't know when he's going to talk. When You don't know when God is visiting. You must be smart to know when God is visiting. Understand, God is inside you, but he visits you. <laughs> God is inside you, sitting in you, but he visits you through his word. He touched you through his word. Just like he came down in the garden of Eden in the, in the cool of the day. He always comes down in the cool of the day. That was why when Abraham saw the three men standing there, he knew that it was God and his angels standing there. And he knew what to do. Why? Because he was always in the spirit. If you are not always in the spirit, that's the last point actually. You lose something. You will miss God. You will miss God. And you say, God is not talking to me. God is not showing me what to do. He showed you, but you were, you were sleeping. He showed you, but you were, you were having sex somewhere. Yeah. He showed you, but you were lying somewhere. He showed you, but you were, you were, you were absent-minded. He showed you, but you were, you were stealing something from somebody. It's, it's, it's costly. It's costly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm giving you five points. This is point number two, isn't it? So, we are with open face, beholding. We are changed. We are metamorphosed. We are transfigured from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And one of the things you need to do to have continuous revelation in your life is to fast and pray. <laughs> it's to what? Fast and pray. We are in the days of fasting and praying, if you don't know, I'm telling you. One day Jesus went through, Jesus and his disciples went through the cornfields. And the disciples were plucking the ears of the corn and eating it. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and asked him. The, the disciples of John fast. Those of the Pharisees and the Sadducees fast. How come your disciples don't fast? Then Jesus said, can they fast? Can the children of the bride chamber fast when the bridegroom is with them? Emphatically not. But when he's taken away, when the bridegroom is taken away, then they will fast. We are in the days of fasting and praying. So if you are not in the mode of fasting and pray, for instance, we just declared a fast, that we are fasting from when? Wednesday to Friday. Automatically, you take yourself out. Oh, I'm not part. You will be on the level you are on. I'm telling you, you will be on the level you are on. <laughs> Mark 2.19. Mark 2.19. Go up. I want you to see what they were doing. And it came to pass, 
this verse 15, that as Jesus sat at meat at his house, and decided for the many that followed the next verse, okay, how is it that he eat and drink with publicans? Next verse. Okay. All right. And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast. And they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples, the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. Your disciples were just eating and drinking every time. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them. Has Jesus been taken away from us? Yeah. Jesus is in heaven. Yeah. And in our hearts through the spirit. And then shall they, shall they fast in those days. These are the days we are talking about. So if you are a child of God and you are not into fasting and praying, there's a problem. If you can decide on your own that I'm going on a fast for two days because I'm tired of my level. You will stay where you are. If you can't notice that there's something wrong with you spiritually. If you can't notice that there's something wrong with you spiritually. You are coming to church. You are going. You are coming. You are going. But your strength, your spiritual strength is low. It's very, very low. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's very, very low. You can lie easily. Vain, your thoughts are vain continually. You are like Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 and, five and 6. The thoughts and imaginations of your heart are evil continually. There's no break for God to come in. There's a problem. A problem. How did Esau lose his birthright? Through food. Through food. It was food. You are complaining about Esau and sad for Esau. You should be sad for your life. Because your stomach is taking away your future. You can't fast on your own. When we say fasting, then some, it's like something is doing you. Have you seen what I'm talking about? Food. Food has taken your life. Food has taken your spirit out of you. Yeah. Fasting and praying. Because fasting and praying causes your life to burst forth. Isaiah chapter 58. Look at Isaiah chapter 58. Verse 8. Isaiah 58 verse 8. Let's go up. I think verse 8 is right on point, but... Let's go up and see from verse 5. Isaiah 58 from verse 5. Is it such a father that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will thou call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? He's asking questions because even though those guys were putting on sackcloth and all that, their heart was not right with God. They were, they were doing foolish things even though they were fasting. He said, this is not the kind of fast I designed. Go to the next verse, verse 6. Is it not this the fact that I have chosen? To lose the bounds of wickedness. To, un- to undo the heavy burdens. This is a higher form of fast. And to let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. In other words, you see, in, in New Testament terms, what he's saying is this. That you, you should fast. Okay? To bring liberty to people's lives. Your fasting and praying should not be because of you, but because of people who are bound. For, for the last two days, something has been happening to me. I've been having a pain here, you know, and here. Not, not a pain like I can't bear whatever. Whenever I feel the pain, God tells me someone is having a kidney problem. Because your kidneys are here. Do you know your kidneys are here? Right here. Your kidneys are not here, please. 
Your kidneys are here and here. They are at your back. Do you know your kidneys? <laughs> I'm not talking kidney me. I'm talking kidneys. Kidneys. They are here. So yesterday, when we were moving around, I just feel the pain. And God will tell me, someone has a kidney problem and I want to pray for the person. So right there, I'll just start praying. Father, whatever demonic influence that is attacking anybody with a kidney problem in our system or even outside of our system, I break his bands in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let the person loose in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what I was doing. He says, your fast should be to break the bands. <laughs> and the burdens, to undo the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. Look at, go to verse 8. Jump to verse 8. Next time we'll go through it. Verse 8. Go to verse 8 straight. It says, as you fast like this, then shall thy light break forth as the morning. What light is he talking about? He's talking about the light, your access to revelation in the word. Then shall your light break forth. The word is like light. It says your light, the entrance of that word, give it light. Your light will break forth and your health shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. And the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. This is what happens when you fast and pray. Your light shall break forth. If your light is not breaking forth, you should know that it's because you've not been fasting and praying with the word. Fasting and praying should go with the word. Because without faith, prayer is nonsense. A lot of people have been praying. Praying and praying. But no faith. That is why there's no fruit. That's why there's no result. Listen. Prayer bothered me when I was in school. When I was a university student. It bothered me. Because I saw those who were praying. And I saw how that their life was not correct. They were living in poverty. They were living in depression. Even though they were praying. They were praying but their lives were, their lives were was going down. Nothing was happening. They were praying because it was a ritual for them to pray. I don't like prayer that is ritualistic. If I'm praying, I'm praying. If I'm not praying, I'm not praying. If I'm praying, I want to get all the facts right. So I set myself on a course to study about prayer. I bought Ken Hagen's book on the study guide for prayer. And I realized that without the word of God, without faith, praying is, non- is complete nonsense. Because you must pray the word of God. You must pray according to faith. Believing. Mark chapter 11 verse 24. If you pray, it says, whatsoever you desire. Eh? Whatsoever you desire. When you pray. When you pray. Not if you pray. He knows you will pray. That's why he says, when you pray, at the time when the time comes out to pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Believe. So if there's no believing in your prayer, you are not entitled to having anything. Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Then you shall have them. So if there's no faith in the prayer, you have made a mistake. And how does faith come? Faith cometh by hearing. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is why we fast and pray with the word of God. As you fast and pray with the word of God, says, then shall your light break forth. Your light will break forth. You have light. And there's nothing like revelation. I mean, when God speaks to you, you know that 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 God has spoken to you. Therefore, no matter what is happening around you, circumstances mean nothing. Then you can push yourself into the gear of patience. You can push yourself into the gear of patience. Hebrews 6 12. Follow them who through faith and patience receive their inheritance. Eh? Go there, go there quickly. 
Be ye, says that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Through faith and patience. Without faith, you can't move into the gear of patience. You can't. You can't be patient to expect what God will do when there's no faith. But when there's faith, you can have patience. Patience means not changing irrespective of the circumstances around you. Not changing irrespective of the circumstances that are around you. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because if you read in Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 32. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 32. Next verse. Uh-huh. This one. Verse 35 rather. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Verse 36. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Have you seen it? For you have need of patience. Don't cast away. Go to verse 35 once again. 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence. Your confidence where? Your confidence in God and his word. Don't cast it away. Which has great recompense of reward. The word recompense is Mr. Podosia. Mr. Getting what you you desired for. Getting your reward. Which has great recompense or reward. For you have need of patience. This is a need. You have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God. What is the will of God? Pray. Believe. That you have. After you have done the will of God. You might receive the promise. So fasting and prayer must be done with the word of God. So that your light will break forth. So that you can believe and be in patience. And not be bothered about what is going on around you. Humble your soul through fasting. And prayers. Why? So that the word of God will come afresh in your heart. One day, the disciples tried to cast out the devil. They tried. It didn't work. Jesus had gone into the Mount of Transfiguration and had been transfigured before Peter, James, and John. They came down together. When they came down, they were trying very hard to cast out the devil. Then Jesus came and with a word spoke and the demon went away. The disciples were bothered because they all tried with all their strength. This is Mark, Mark chapter 11. You can find one in Mark chapter 11. And the disciples were really worried. And Jesus, they asked Jesus, why could not we cast the devil out? Then Jesus said, it is because of your own belief. Because of your own belief. Because of your own belief. Then he went on to say that, this kind, go ahead not out. Now, it has a double reference. It has a reference to both the unbelief and to the demon. Okay? I will explain to you some other time, not today. But I want to show you that it has reference to the unbelief. Because he showed them. Why couldn't we do it? Then he told them, because of your unbelief. This unbelief goes not out, but by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. Mark chapter 9, rather. By prayer and fasting. And he came and said unto him, this kind can comfort by nothing, but by prayer and fasting. This kind of what? This kind of unbelief. Go back, go back to verse 28. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why could not we cast him out? Next verse. And he said unto them, this kind come not forth but by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So this, is, this one is with direct reference to the demon. There's another rendering that has direct reference to the unbelief. Check the reference from this to our place. You will find it. Matthew 17. Verse 19. Matthew 17. Verse, go to Matthew 17 verse 19. Do you like the Bible? Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? Next verse. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Have you seen it? Because of your unbelief. So the one in Matthew chapter 9 has direct reference to the demon. This one has direct reference to the word. Because both are true. 
And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of master seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to your yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Next verse. How be this kind, this kind of word, this kind of unbelief, because it's make, still making reference to your unbelief, it's answering that question. This kind were not out but by prayer and fasting. One day they came to Jesus and asked him, What shall we do so that we might work the works of God? Jesus said that this is the work of God that you believe. That you believe. How do you believe? Fasting and praying with the word. So don't be a Christian who is, who is without fasting. You are selling your birthright. You are selling your birthright. Slap your neighbor and say, you are selling your birthright. Be smart. Don't sell your birthright. Through eating banku and fufu and kokonte and yam tilapia you have chicken every time you are eating salad you are drinking every morning you have to drink cocoa cocoa with kose every morning watch it every morning 10 a.m watch it is 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 crying every day every day in the afternoon god is crying whenever you are eating too much like that you should know that you are selling your birthright you are selling your birthright you are selling your birthright just like Esau sold his birthright, you are also selling your, your birthright. Say to yourself, Belly, you will not let me lose my inheritance. In the name of Jesus. Fasting and prayer, it helps, it helps condition your spirit to receive God's word, to receive the realm of God. Do you understand? Is it powerful? That's point number two. What was point number two? Increasing revelation. So this one, the, what I just said concerning fasting and prayer is a, 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 a common denominator. It's not point number three. It's part of point number two. It's a common denominator for everything that you need in life. Do you understand? God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.